In a world. 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 In a world where exchange students live in fallout shelters and innuendo doesn't exist, Michael Carrington will go to any length to become a T-bone. I'll be holding on tight. There are a lot of bad movies out there. Listen as we try to find the ones that are so bad, they're actually good. Is it just bad? Or is it exceptionally bad? Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Exceptionally Bad. I'm Bracken. I'm Nate. I'm Ben. I'm Brant. And a... I'm D-Bone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you, producer D-Bone. <laughs> I mean D-Bird. All right. Well, um... Technical difficulty. Technical difficulties from our producer D Bone or Bone T or something. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, so our movie tonight is Grease Two, Electric Boogaloo. I mean, just Grease Two. Uh, but before we get into that, um, how is everybody doing? I'm good. Uh, what doing are we talking? Well. About? Yeah. Doing okay, doing okay. All right. Do you guys you like all... musicals? Have <laughs> yeah. we talked about that before? Uh, I don't think we have talked about a lot of musicals. Have yeah. we re- even reviewed a musical before? Uh, well, we did from Justin to Kelly. Justin Kelly, right. That's true, which is one of our most beloved episodes. We yeah. uh, get a lot of listens on that does one. Does Xanadu count? Uh, you know what? Xanadu does count. 1941? Uh, uh, 1941's iffy, but yeah. you're right. I just have some... Dance and Xanadu is definitely but... a musical. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So this is kind of our third musical. Then I would yeah. say. Does Birdemic count with that? <laughs> That's right. There's well, a, um, there hanging with my family. Cool as ice. Oh gosh. Uh, well, <laughs> it's one long music video. It kind of. There is a lot of music in that one. You're you're right. So do you uh, all even like musicals? I do. I do. Not not all of them. I like uh-huh. good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so into the woods was one that i really that's, enjoyed yeah, growing up it's one. more of a you know a play but it, yeah and then uh little shop of horrors i remember that oh i love growing that up we yes. used to watch it all the time I, i've always loved singing in the rain and uh sound of music those are great classics i mean how, how can you go wrong with that yeah um so i had a friend who knew someone in the production crew of phantom of the opera oh cool So when it came to town i was able to do like a back stage tour when nice. the show was oh over. fun so, so i've always liked phantom because of that mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's cool i mean it's catchy too but like mm-hmm. yeah i was a big fan of musical theater like i like the i like to watch it on stage more than watching it on the screen mm-hmm. so you know but i like more more modernish things i say modern but i'm i'm talking like les mis and phantom of the opera and stuff like, like that i'm just talking Penzance. not mm-hmm. not you know uh, the Music Man and 
Uh, or Pirates of Penzance. Yeah, right. Well, I'm not really into those. Now I'm Never thinking was. that we should also include Glitter in one of our, our musical oh, call, yep. yeah, reviews. Because there was a lot of music in that movie yeah. as well. Yeah. We should redo the right. intro where we go... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good musicals out there. There's a lot of bad musicals out there, right? There are. Did you guys see Hamilton when it came to town? Yes. So I did it through the lottery. Uh-huh. Uh, and so when I... My wife won it, so I, she and I went. And I promised my oldest daughter... Uh, that, I would, we, that was her Christmas present. We'd mm-hmm. take her to see it. So then we're like, hopefully we win the lottery. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then I got the lottery. And in the lottery, it's like $10 a ticket. And it's just wherever. Yeah. So when I was when I won the lottery, like we were on the second row. Oh, yeah. Oh, dang. That's and so cool. like we were sit, seeing the sweat and the spit fly. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I when I was in high school, I went and saw Les Mis uh, a couple of times. First, I went with my family. And I mean, you know, we bought tickets, but there's, uh, there are seven kids in my family. So, you know, my parents didn't have all the money to spend. So we had like literally the highest nosebleed seats possible and watched it. I totally loved it. I thought seats were great. Everything was great. But then, uh, I had a friend who bought, uh, orchestra tickets, like third, fourth row back and, uh, she couldn't go, so she gave me her tickets, and I went and saw the same production that I had seen earlier that week, now right up close, and it was a completely different thing. I didn't realize this, and it made me feel more comfortable about it doesn't matter where you sit, because when I was when I was sitting down up close, there was all this stuff that's up high in the on the stage, like up above everything that you couldn't see when you were uh, really oh, up high, yep. right? Because you're down low and you're looking up. So you can see all of the set pieces and stuff, lights. But then when I was really up high, they had stuff shining down on the floor and stuff that you couldn't see when you were down uh, up close. So they really think about, at least big productions, really think about, uh, you know, making sure everyone gets a good show, right? So that's cool, though, that you got to see... Hamilton from like super close. Yeah. Did you see it from far away too? Yeah. So when my wife and I went, we were like okay, in the middle. I mean, okay. I think that, what theater is that right on uh, Market in the San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. The Orpheum. The Orpheum. I, yeah. I don't know. That there's really a bad. Seat no, there, there aren't bad seats there. I love the Orpheum. But yeah, it was. It's kind of cozy. Yeah, it was cool. I saw Wicked there. Yeah. So we saw Wicked there, and then we saw it in San Jose. Oh, cool! We took the kids, and we got to meet some of the cast after, oh, like out in the, cool. like out. Lucky. It was the the guy that plays uh, the wizard. So I mean, that was cool. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like Elphaba or whatever, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, so it was. <laughs> it was, cool. and I was in Once on This Island when I was in high school. That's awesome. Yeah, an island, an island musical at a school that was like a hundred and five percent white. Oh so yeah, it was... <laughs> so you were all islanders. Yeah, has anyone else been in a musical? Uh, I was stage crew in my high school musical of uh, "You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown." So oh. I was doing the lights, so but not in it. I was never in anything, but my best friend dated a girl who was in music theater. And we went and saw Brigadoon, like, I'm uh-huh. not even kidding, like, 12 times. Oh, wow. And so, and like, I had it down pat. Like, I felt like I was part of the cast by the end of it. I was like, dude, you need to break out with her. Brigadoon is not worth it. Yeah. 
I was in Greece my senior year. Okay, my you school were. did a production of Greece. I was duty. Okay. Yeah, one of the the T bones. I mean, the T birds. Very cool. <laughs> I should say I was an I was like I was an extra. Like it's just a cast member in Once yeah. on Silent Day. Duty's basically a extra as well. <laughs> well, Greece is a beloved uh, music Broadway hit and um, the biggest uh, musical movie ever. I think that's the number one musical. Oh yeah, is Greece uh, box office wise. Um, and of course, when a movie does well, mm-hmm. they like to make a sequel. Yes, of course. Uh, so, do you think we'll be getting money, cats money, too? Money, soon? money, 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 money. Well, oh. did, did cats do well? I think uh, you want to. I think you want to watch Cats. Is what you want to do and, <laughs> and do an episode <laughs> on here? But I want to watch it with Bean. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I would watch that. <laughs> so, Greece please claw my eyes out, please. Uh, <laughs> Greece came out in 1978. Great big hit with Olivia Newton-John, uh, John Travolta. Made lots of money. Paramount wanted uh, to make this a franchise. It was so big. They wanted to make like four movies, a TV show. Uh, and so, you know, they got to work on getting a sequel made. And that's the movie we watched tonight. Um, Grease came out in 1982. Stars uh, Michelle Pfeiffer uh, before she was even in... All of her hits. I mean, this was her first one of the first movies he, she was in. Uh, stars Maxwell Caulfield. You'll, you often know him from Electric Dreams, but also uh, Empire Records is another movie that he's well known for. Um, and it does have a few people from the original. Um, we'll get into the cast a little bit more, but um, this was going to be originally called uh, Son of Greece. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that the producers or Paramount decided they wanted something a little bit more straightforward, so they just went with Grease Two. But right. Maxwell Caulfield, the uh, the lead, kept wanting it to be called Son of Grease or have some kind of fun name that uh, they decided, you know that, <laughs> Son of Grease. Grease Two. That's what it was. Even that was it was originally titled. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like the idea that they wanted something more straightforward definitely went through with the the subject matter in this movie there was like no innuendo everything was right on the nose it was like i I think another title was also more grease at one point uh you know i don't know another title how about euphemisms need not apply (laughs) grease's british cousin (laughs) i don't know yeah so so we kind of know the story of the original. Most people know mm-hmm. what Greece is about. Um, so I'm not going to recap what that is unless people feel like they need to. But who'd like to kind of give a, a brief synopsis of the story? Sure, Ben. I can do it. Okay. So I'm just going to go through the, the synopsis of the story. I'm not going to go scene by scene here. Basically, uh, it is we're back at Rydell High, uh, same place as the first movie. And... Um, there are the group of the T-Birds, and then there's the Pink Ladies, just like in the first one, but it's a new group of kids. And uh, Sandy, from the first movie, her cousin, Michael, is uh, coming to, whatever, be an exchange student at Rydell. And he falls in love, or he falls for Michelle Pfeiffer, who's one of the Pink Ladies, but... 
pink ladies are not allowed to date anyone who's not a T-bird. So he decides he needs to become a T-bird. And instead of fast cars in this one, it's motorcycles. Correct. So he decides he needs to earn money to get he to uh, buy a motorcycle, build a motorcycle, whatever. To get an all-access pass to the junkyard. To the junkyard, yeah. So he does that. He gets some money. He gets a motorcycle. And then he keeps showing up. <clears throat> Like there's this rival gang. It's it's the same people who were uh, racing for pink slips in the first movie, right? Correct. Uh, but now they're all on motorcycles. All on motorcycles instead of cars. Cars well, are all he gone. lost his car. That's right. He lost his car. So for had, that's there. You, there we go. <laughs> and uh, their gang keeps threatening the T birds, uh, but then Michael shows up, but he's wearing goggles, and so nobody knows who he is. And he shows up, and he like kicks their butt. And uh, Michelle Pfeiffer falls for him. They even go on like a, a cool as ice date mm-hmm. where he just drives her around and stuff. And she never knows who he is because he doesn't take his goggles off. And I think when he's talking to her, he uses an American accent even. He does not. <laughs> well, he <laughs> does not. So doesn't he? he also, when he takes her on the date, is not wearing a shirt under That's his right. jacket. Yeah. So when she sees him at school as Michael, she's like, well, this dude's wearing a shirt. Oh, so. yeah. It's like the opposite of Superman. <laughs> right. They do mention Superman in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So it is kind of nice that they, they reference that a little bit. Um, in the end, um, she falls for him. She kind of falls for him outside of his persona as well, right? She meets him. He kind of tutors her a little bit, and she's like, you're a cool guy. You're really cool. But she decides she doesn't want to be a pink lady anymore. And she's miserable, but then she's excited to see this masked man again at the talent show. And he sh- he shows up, but then he he supposedly dies. And she's miserable, and so she sings a song, and she wins the talent show because of her miserable song. <laughs> and then uh, at the end, he shows up, and he's not dead. He's alive, and he sa- saves everyone from the gang one more time and humiliates the the other gang. And then he shows who he is, and he gets made an honorary T-bird. So now that he can, now he can date Michelle Pfeiffer uh, legally because <laughs> illegally. I mean, he couldn't do it before because you know he wasn't a T-bird. There's this unspoken law. Yeah. There's the law that the kept pink them apart. ladies yeah. and the T-birds, yeah. which they can't break because you know. Well, they couldn't wait for it to go all the way to the Supreme Court, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the that's basically the the plot, right? Exactly. And in between, there's a lot of singing and uh, some s- other things that happen. And you know. choreography. Choreography, yeah. Yeah. That's a, well, well that's done. A, no, you know, that's a, a <laughs> big term. I, mean, I feel like sing a lot. <laughs> choreography seems a little like a much. <laughs> well, the that's director strange. of this movie was the choreographer from the original Grease. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Patricia Birch, and she has done... Uh, lots of choreography. She has a long resume of um, movies that she's done choreography for. She doesn't have a large resume of directing uh, Chops, but she's done some Cindy Lauper's videos, and she did direct this feature film. So, um, thoughts on? I don't know if you want to start in on the choreography since we're already there, <laughs> or uh, what some of your initial thoughts were about the movie. I. The the only memorable choreography that I remember is from the very first scene. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was other right. stuff, but it was very light and not not as coordinated. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? As I, mean, I remember they, from Greece. They had their luau scene at the end that oh, was right. kind of like Greece's uh, hand jive. The bowling alley scene. Oh, there is. That's right. There's a bowling alley. There's, that's right. They're um, dancing the, uh, in the bowling alley. The lane. science class scene. That's right. Reproduction. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that wasn't really choreography. That was like hip thrusting. That was like, kind of, that was I'll, a... I'll give you a pass on the bowling alley. Like, that was some actual yeah. dancing. I, and the intro, the I, opening scene. I yes. didn't remember the bowling scene because I was so annoyed that they were dancing on the waxed lanes yeah. that yes, they completely threw me. Yeah. Um... Okay, so, I mean, there's some numbers that have some wide, uh, big choreography going on. There's And then there's the talent show, which didn't have as much, but then the luau mm-hmm. at the end did have a, a quite a yeah. bit of a finale. Um, since we've already, you know, we've jumped to re- reproduction, maybe we should get into some of the songs <laughs> uh, and some of the some of the things that... Can I address the, the yeah. other elephant in the room? Sure. So, uh, Rex Manning's character... So I, I I know Maxwell is Rex Manning. So his from his, Empire Records, his character yeah. and Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, if you're gonna do like a rating, right? They're, they're like they're like tens, right? Yeah. So you've yeah. got two kind of beautiful people, and then everybody else. Yeah. And not to like, say that any of those actors and actresses are ugly, but it's like they're it's like, like they, they stand out. There's nothing between seven and ten. They right. Are, and, yeah. and then it's everybody falls one to seven. But we're supposed to think that he is like this nerdy loser. Yeah. That nobody that likes. Nobody likes. But he is like straight up more popular because he plays the piano. So everyone wants his help for the yeah for the uh, talent show. But so so that that was the the hard thing for me to suspend my disbelief is like clearly the handsomest man in the cast is now like the nerd he's not even wearing glasses you know right. the classic yeah but he was Bro. wearing a shirt he was wearing a sweater <laughs> yeah a cardigan <laughs> yeah well to be fair he was from england and you know he's kind of out of his element and is kind of a misfit but yeah. y- you know was he supposed to be from england you're yeah. right nate uh okay. he he and michelle pfeiffer Wait, are really was he england or australia at, right? that's why i'm I mean, asking no he's he's, he's from he's, england he's he was her he was her british cousin because everybody british calls cousin. him shakespeare that's right yeah. no i know i'm just like i'm but thinking sandy's back. from, from australia. australia that's why i was like that's why, why. that's right yeah. she's from australia okay. cousins from england yeah. trust yeah. me he it would have been better if he was like <laughs> a spaniard <laughs> americans will go for it it's okay Did he want to talk like this at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not the wedding, the wedding singer this is what we're going back to yeah so, don't bait me nate so <laughs> So anyway, that that to me that was the the hardest part. Like suspending my disbelief was just like the yeah two, the two most beautiful people in the cast and she's popular. It makes sense. He's not. I didn't buy it. Uh, and as the movie progresses, though, just to be fair, he does seem like he's very popular with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he plays piano. He plays piano. Well, he's also there got was, the essay racket. That's right. Yeah. There, it, it. Yeah. It's like everyone. Wanted to be his friend, but he what he kind of didn't know. He didn't realize that he was popular, and he just didn't fit in with the T birds, right? Because right, he's yeah. kind of a you know a a sweater wearing kind of guy. Yeah, he's got a cardigan. Yeah, so he's just not a leather jacket wearing. I mean, he guy. lives in a fallout shelter, so you think that would get him some street cred? Look, we all saw how effective. Living in a fallout shelter is in that movie. I'm not movie. sure who his host family was if he was living in the in the fallout. It was Uncle Sam. He was just staying with his Uncle Sam. Oh. Uncle Sam. That makes sense. Well, so, his country wanted him to. <laughs> you know, I wanted to 
you mentioned that he plays the piano. Everybody wants him to play the piano. This movie is about a a talent show. I mean, that's like one of the main plot points throughout the thing is this yeah. talent show, right? Kind of like the culminating I, thing. Yeah, yeah, I kept expecting him to show up and show his talent, and he didn't well, ever. So here's the funny thing. It, in oh, yeah. the whole thing, he's he's the piano player for literally every single thing. He is not there at all. So, like, who, who's playing the piano during all of this? Like, inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> it's true. He was he was gone. Yeah. Um, Dead. Maxwell Caulfield, he reportedly got this part. I mean, Grease 2 was a huge hit, so there's going to be a lot of people wanting to be in the sequel. Grease. Right? Grease. Grease was a what huge I say? hit. Grease 2. Oh, I'm sorry. Grease was a, a huge hit. Uh, and so a lot of people would want to be in the sequel uh, if it was going to be up to that at all, or even maybe half as mm-hmm. successful. So reportedly he won this part, uh, going against people like Sean Cassidy, uh, no. I, Andy Gibbs, Rick Springfield. I don't know who Greg Evigan is. I don't know that. Uh, Andy Gibbs from the Bee Gees. Yes. Oh my gosh. And Timothy Hutton was announced as the male lead at one point, but, um, yeah. This was the Bee Gees. This would have been so good. <laughs> but the producers were impressed with Maxwell Caulfield from an off-Broadway um, production, and so he got the part. Um, and he was fine. Yeah, I mean, he really was, like, super handsome and should have, like, this should have been a big deal for him, for his career. Yeah, well, so he was in, like, the Elephant Man, and I'm not sure what part he had. Oh, he's way more handsome than that. I don't know what part man. he had in the Elephant Man, <laughs> if he was the Elephant Man in the Elephant Man, or if he was somebody else. But uh, that, that just seems weird to me. But And then, uh, he, so, yeah, I don't know. But his career was really uh, kind of on the rise when he got this part in Grease 2. Um, oh, did he have a recurring role on Dynasty? I he, mean, that's a he, that could be a big deal. He did. He was on that and the the spinoff series, The Colbys. Okay, that was a, which were big shows in in their day in the eighties. So, uh, some it's of like a, you, do you know what Dynasty is? I do know oh, what yeah. Dynasty I is. Just, yeah, your look. The, it's, like, you know, it's forty years old now. Yeah. The eighties. I don't remember. That, honestly, I don't remember the Colbys. I don't remember that. The, there, it was thing. so successful. They had the Colby Dynasty to the Colbys, or Colbys mm-hmm. to the Dynasty. Yeah. I, my mom never watched that. I just like heard. In, right. You know, like yeah, people everybody never seen Star Wars. It's like no general plot. Knott's Landing yeah. was a spinoff of Dallas, uh, and Dynasty uh, had their own spinoff because they were such big shows. And big is that hits. before your time? Uh, it's I, like it's like prime time soap opera. I think it was on from I think my parents might have watched it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Bracken is does Greece where does Greece uh rate on your favorite movies? The original Greece. Original, yeah. So I love uh Greece. It's a great um it's got great musical numbers, great cast. Um my wife doesn't necessarily enjoy the the message of Greece, mm-hmm. and I kind of just look past uh, <laughs> most Hollywood musicals and their messages. But um, uh, you know, I, I'd put it up there in, in maybe my top fifty movies. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's been it's been a couple decades since I've seen it, though. To be perfectly honest, I I I'll be honest. That's a lot lower than I would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah. For Bracken. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. just kind of like the movies that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. It just, I, the top fifty feels low. Mm-hmm. I would I, say like I, top twenty, maybe. I there's a few musicals I enjoy a lot, but I, a lot of the movies I that are my favorites are not musicals. are not musicals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, fair. I'm not really a western guy or a musical guy. Okay. In your, when you guys studied film, for those who like took film classes, did was Greece in there at all as a not in my curriculum. study? Uh, it's not really talked about. I mean, okay. mostly uh, you know, if you're t- going to study musicals, you're going to be studying stuff from the fifties. Yeah, I don't know. Those groundbreaking, it maybe just even forties. Yeah, um, and it really is just an adaptation of the Broadway. Uh, play right so it's not really like a, a new made for film kind of thing yeah it's notoriety i would say is from the fact that it made so much money mm. yeah um the the soundtrack was hugely popular mm-hmm. um but it, as far as oscars go or mm-hmm. um you know academic accolades it, it doesn't necessarily get as much attention as say something like chicago mm-hmm. or um Moulin Rouge. Yeah, or uh, I'm trying to think of some other musicals in recent years. Um, La La Land. La La Land, La La Land. Yeah, yeah, movies like that. So, you know. Um, okay, well, where would you rank John Travolta's performance? Is, is Grease better than Battlefield Earth? <laughs> or... I think Grease is career-making movie. You yes. Know? Like, uh-huh. I think they... Olivia Newton-John and he made another movie together, not as popular, but I mean they they had several mishits after Greece, and it took a while for Travolta to get his career back on track. But you know, you when you've got such a huge hit and it's iconic, uh, it gives you a little bit of room to to wiggle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just the, some of the original cast members that were returning to the movie. Uh, maybe we can. Talk about that, uh, you know, Dee Dee Khan as Frenchie. Yep. Um, the ghost, the of, ghost Frenchie of Frenchie. <laughs> yeah. So I'll circle back to that in a moment. Eve Arden is the principal. Uh, uh, principal McGee. Uh, Dodie Goodman is Blanche Hodel, uh, the principal's assistant. Sid Caesar is Coach Calhoun, and Eddie Deason as uh, Eugene Felnick. Um, let's see. I think there was even Dick Patterson who played Mr. Rudy in the original. Uh, plays Mr. Spears, so there's a couple... Sid uh, Caesar. Yeah, there's a couple of the, the cast that are just kind of uh, smaller, and then Sid Caesar, who's a, who's a Hollywood um, icon. So um, those are some of the people uh, that... Um, there was always talk about getting some of the original... more of the original cast back, like Jeff Conway, or even, you know, Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta, and those just things... those things just never panned out, but... We'll, um, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break, and then when we, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the cast. Oh, yeah. All right, well, we're back. Back with Exceptionally Bad. So, the cast. Um, what did you guys think of Michelle Pfeiffer in this, this movie? She hadn't done anything at this point. This is a musical... There's dancing, there's singing. I feel like we have a couple of people here who, um, she's their Mariah Carey. Yeah. 
And How could she not be? I so mean. for those of us who were not under that spell, I thought she was fine. Uh, I, I don't I don't know that her singing was the best, mm-hmm. but she was. I mean, she's very beautiful. She's a good actress. Um, yeah, I thought she was fine. It's not a super meaty role. I mean, there right. wasn't a whole lot for her to do in this. Mm-hmm. A little bit of singing, not much dancing. Um, but like her character is super. Uh, I don't know. N- not not super interesting, but. I liked her. Yeah. I mean, I was fine with her there, and I kind of was hoping that she'd get together with Michael. You know, I was rooting for her when she was trying to decide whether to be a pink lady or not. So I think she did a good job. Um, I I liked her too. I I was kind of surprised how little she was in it. Honestly, oh, right? Like, really? Yeah, I just like there was so many scenes where I was like, I don't care about these people. Like, show me more of I, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael. And I feel like you get a lot of the T Birds. Way too much. Oh. Yeah, T Birds and their much. drama, right? Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. That kind of confused me on why, like, I don't care about the T Birds like mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> like, the, the, I mean, I get that they're a reason for Michael. You know, his motivation, and he's got to crack through their strict rule book of you know legislation to date a girl but so you wanted more michelle pfeiffer is what you're saying yeah yes yeah. I, it was just weird yeah, that she's you. like she, you know she kind of gets top billing and you just right. you don't see her as much as i would expect yeah for a show for that's that kind role. of about her character yeah 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 she said that she kind of got this role on a fluke that she wasn't into she wasn't known for singing or dancing but she auditioned for this part and got it and I was just really impressed with the with the songs that she was singing because there was one I think the third song that she was singing didn't have much range didn't mm-hmm. really ask for much as a singing but her second song I really don't remember what it was was very is impressive. that what it's called I really don't remember I, what I it don't was. I don't remember what it was, it was I would be surprised uh, <laughs> it, it had a lot of range and yeah. I was impressed that she was hitting all those notes for someone that wasn't necessarily classically trained. I right. was like, wow. Like, I totally agree with that. I like, I had to ask you, know? you guys. I was like, yeah, is, she really... is she actually singing or is she just lip syncing? Because yes. yeah. I, I mean, I was genuinely impressed. I didn't know that she could sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was her singing. And of course, she's done uh, uh, Hairspray in more recent years mm-hmm. uh, with, was reunited, you know, with uh, uh, John Travolta in that one. So um, two Greece alumni is there. Um, I, I was impressed. Uh this is a movie where she is very early in her career. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Michelle Pfeiffer fan. I feel like, personally, I like to just say how I feel like she's gotten more beautiful in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've liked her more as her, her career has progressed. Um, really, um, really interesting to see her back in so young uh, in this in this movie. So, uh, cool. Um, there were a couple of casting stories. So, the two leads, Maxwell Caulfield and her, did not get along so well. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, At least they didn't have to talk to each other much. They, She's not a big fan <laughs> of colonialism. <laughs> they had yeah. a pretty, pretty good chemistry on, on film, on in the yeah. movie, though. So, yeah. Yeah, so, as long as they weren't looking at each other and she was sitting on the back of his motorcycle or the front of his motorcycle. <laughs> well, you know, some of the movies we've watched, you can tell people just don't oh, yeah, want to be yeah. there. Like, I think that they did a pretty good job. Justin yeah. Caulfield said a few years after the movie that they got along famously, but Pfeiffer claimed in an interview that Maxwell was self-adoring. So, <laughs> you know, who knows? But um, 
uh, one of the things that I, I thought was interesting was the there's a scene where she is on a motorcycle and she gets in front of mm-hmm. him and she had done that herself. He says, "Wow." So Maxwell Caulfield's stunt double, who's riding okay. the the motorcycle, Gary Davis. He uh, he said this of Michelle Pfeiffer. He said Michelle Pfeiffer performed her own stunts in the famous Lone Rider uh, Stephanie Romantic motorcycle ride, saying, "She sat behind me, then I lifted her around to where she straddled me, and then we wheeled away. She was wonderful the whole time." And they had a wide shot of that where mm-hmm. she, where you could tell there was no. Yeah, like, it was her. It was you could tell totally it was. I think Michelle I even Pfeiffer. commented about how dangerous that. Yes, was. Yeah. I was like, "Wow!" I mean, she's good. not wearing a helmet, and no, and she's and she's yeah, and he's wheeled up, and and she's in front of him, and you know anything could go wrong. But he must have yeah. been a really good stunt uh, motorcycle driver. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, there's some other people in the cast. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone that stood out to you. I, I know Lorna Luft is um, well known for her genetics. Her mom uh, was Judy Garland, and um, she's the half sister of Liza Minnelli. Which she, one was she? She was uh, the blonde. Had that so blonde she was Paulette. On. She who was, was the summer on again, off again. She was the other. Uh, she was the summer in Adrian Zemed uh, Nogarelli's uh, right. girlfriend. Yeah. in the movie. And um, she, I thought this was her first movie, um, her debut. And um, there was this kind of a story about when she got on that the makeup artist had done makeup on her mother in some prior movies. I think in The Wizard of Oz, actually. Oh, wow. And um, was kind of at the end of their career. And uh, one of the things that, was really kind of weird is that uh so lorna was kind of like oh like thinking you started off doing my mom and wizard of oz and and then now you're doing grease too like i felt kind of bad for the, oh, no. the the artist but i don't think the the makeup artist felt bad at all um charles h uh scram um who had done work you know i think they were fine with what you know working on grease too um but one thing that Lorna didn't know is that that makeup artist had actually done the makeup for his for her mom uh, when she was dead in in for her funeral, oh, which was wow. kind of really interesting too. So that was the last time that uh, that makeup artist worked on her mom. Oh so, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was really uh, crazy. But um, anyway, wow. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of a lot of history there. Um, can we? Can we talk about Frenchie? Yeah, let's talk about Didi Khan. So Frenchie, uh, I love Frenchie from the first movie. She's one of my favorites. Uh, she's the girl in the first movie who drops out of high school to go to beauty school, and she mm-hmm. sings "Beauty School Dropout." And she dyes her hair pink. Dyes her hair pink accidentally. accidentally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then <laughs> she in she's in this movie for part of it at least. Uh, she meets Michael Carrington as he gets off the bus, mm-hmm. welcomes him, and she uh, expositions to us that he is Sandy's British cousin, and he's welcome here, and she's going to take care of him. And he's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Frenchie. I dropped out twice. She dropped out of high school to go to beauty school, then dropped out of beauty school 
To go back to high school. To go, I guess to go back to high school. They never really make that clear, but she's got chemistry class, and that's what she does. She's often in chemistry class throughout this movie. I wasn't sure if she was making up chemistry. That's or, kind of what or, it felt like. Or if she, she was the chemistry assistant. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's totally unclear yeah. why she is at the school, except that we figured it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The murder plot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Explain. It's the ghost of Frenchie. <laughs> so it's kind of weird because in, in until like the very last scene when you stop seeing her. Yeah. Um, oh, and I think I just I just solved this. So nobody acknowledges her except for Michael. Except for Michael, right? She's just kind of always in the background, only talks to him. Yeah. And he's the only he's only talking to her. Nobody else acknowledges her really yeah. until the very end when she talks to the other pink ladies, right? Well, we think she does. Right. So she talks to them, but it, it's almost like a talking cat where he's like, she's like, I can only talk to you once. Yeah. And, then, and then, but she, that's what she needed to do. And then she passed on. She's like, yeah, she's, <laughs> and she's out. She's out. She, she dropped out three times, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, she kind of disappears. So um, halfway into the movie, so said that she had said that the script was unfinished when they began filming, but the draft, um, they were using still included Frenchie. So the character was written out during filming mm-hmm. and she was told halfway through that she was no longer needed. And then at ultimately the filmmakers uh, decided to include Frenchie in the final cut. And yet, I don't know. She describes, she described her experience uh, on the film as rushed, frantic and uncourt unorganized. Mm-hmm. So, well, I like, I mean, I was saying that she's her, Michael's imaginary friend, but I, I think that she really was just the ghost of Frenchie mm-hmm. who must have died in chemistry class or something and just spends her time there. And Michael's the only one who can see her. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's one of the more exciting parts of the film. Yeah. <laughs> there were some scenes that she was in that were cut. So there was a scene where she's helping. Anything where she talked to someone else. <laughs> yes. Where Michael becomes, she helps Michael become a cool writer. And then there's, she's also Michael talking to Stephanie and comforting her after the talent show. Wait, is she standing next to Michael telling him what to say? And he's just saying it. And Stephanie doesn't ever acknowledge that she's standing there telling him what to do. I don't know. Don't, don't go to the island of misfit boys. Uh, let's see. Jiminy Cricket. There's a scene where Goose accidentally slams the door into Rhonda's nose. I think that probably helps her decide to get a nose job. All uh, right. Um, Davy helping Dolores stuff her bra at the at the uh, luau so that she can be dating material this for him. Frenchie was doing this. These were no, 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 no. These, these, are, these are just oh, other okay. random I'm sorry. scenes. Okay. Short, Not all with Frenchie. The guy but... who rides in the sidecar. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah. The guy, yeah, the lonely guy. I, I don't get him because he didn't have his own motorcycle. He didn't have a girlfriend. Uh-huh. Um, Until he starts dating like a 12-year-old. But there's like... Was he dating the 12-year-old? No, at, at the, the end. end. Remember? The, at the with end. With Dolores. Oh. They, they, he's, he's hooked up. He's, Dolores tells Michael she has to break up with him because she's seen another guy. Yeah. And it's sidecar It's guy. him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, she needed someone her own height. There, there was also a sequence at the very end where Michael and Stephanie fly off into the sunset <laughs> on a motorcycle, <laughs> similar to the ending of Greece. Where they fly off. Where the... Danny and Sandy fly off into the sunset in a car. <laughs> I was... Totally waiting for that. It's unknown if that footage will ever be released, but <laughs> oh. it was shot 
from what I read. <laughs> um, so yeah. is, if I'm seeing on the the gross earnings thing, did, is that four hundred and seventy six million worldwide uh, profit? Wait. Oh, I see. 50, I thought it was I see common. Million. Yeah. So I'm good with numbers. You thought that they usually put 15 the, million, the, 171. Oh, yeah, right. million I thought it was common. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the yeah, budget so, was around 13.2 yeah. million. And they just. And they made about 15.17 million. Yeah. So, what it looks like, too, is it had a lot of things um, on it, like the business side. First of all, it was a bad movie. But also, all those other movies that. We're opening at the same time. Or that we're in the so, theaters. Yeah. yeah, so this this Grease 2 was actually made on a budget about double what Grease, the first one, was made wow. on. Wow. Uh, Again. So, yeah. And they the didn't first, even have a flying motorcycle. So they made they put in more money, but they did cover their costs, but they didn't really make much profit. Yeah. So this movie came out June 11th, 1982. And at the time, uh, there were some other movies already, you know, at the that were doing pretty well. Um, I, the, these other movies didn't open the same weekend. Oh. I'm not saying that, but they were already out. So it opens June 11th, 1982. There are already movies like E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Rocky Gosh. Three, and Poltergeist that are like one through four. Stomping every other movie yeah, in Yeah, that are one through four. <laughs> and Top Gun, and Jurassic Park, yeah. and Avatar, and The Matrix. And Jurassic Park 2. It had no chance. Right. <laughs> yeah, so all of those those four movies were already like doing fine. Yeah. And then Grease 2 shows up, and it's kind of packed. Yeah. Um, doesn't help it, right? Um, it does make its money back, but it doesn't quite yeah. get the legs that the original... Uh, did so let me ask you a question so with a budget of 13 million would mm-hmm. you rather remake this movie or make half of the boat crash scene in cruise control in <laughs> right. speed two you, you could boat have crashed crash. yeah yeah okay i would like to be on the boat <laughs> <laughs> oh you want to make part of speed two okay. yeah <laughs> That's a tough one. Just the crash scene at the very end. Because oh, for context, that cost $25 million. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Twice what this movie's budget is. <laughs> right? How did the... It's like the combination you know of what it earned and... you know how the public received it? I'm often interested when you have such a huge hit like Grease. Yeah. And then Grease 2 comes along. Well, What was the public reception? Did they riot in the streets? Okay, so Rotten Tomatoes has a 35% score. Um, that's from the mm-hmm. critics. Uh, the audience score is much higher, though. It's 53%. Mm-hmm. Uh, IMDb gives it 4.4 stars out of 10. There is quite a bit of fan dumb about this movie. Like, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that love it that actually. But do pre- they love it ironically? They, they yeah. maybe even like it more than the original. Uh. Fandom or f- dumb fans? I feel like dumb is, well, the, is the operative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, this movie does have a little bit different tone than the original. I, I would say yeah. it's definitely campier, and it's definitely got um, – there's not innuendo. It's pretty blatant in some of the topics. Yeah, it like, is. Like reproduction or uh, the, the number where um, we'll do it for our country. Yeah. Or the, or the bowling um, – <laughs> Or the bullet yeah, let's, we're going to so, score tonight. So, you know, I think it does get a lot of um, praise um, for some of the, fun, the world over. 
fun tone that it has, I, yeah. I guess, is how you might want to describe it. I don't know. So but. I was thinking about it while we were watching it. It's like, you know, Xanadu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For some reason, that soundtrack's popular. You know, Healing Nation, Iron Contra, like the gas, <laughs> right. the gas thing. That's right. I can't. I just can't see why people would have liked this one. Yeah. You know, I, I was like, I'm running out of excuses, America. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, the songs, the songs were just weird and awkward. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the pacing was weird on some of them. The lyrics were really it's, weird. It felt forced it, and not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It felt like I don't know. Like Let's cram words musical into by, a tune. by numbers. Yeah. You know. It, it was you know, um, in Elf. When he's like, oh, it's a singing one. So he's like, I'm singing, I'm with my dad, I'm singing, and I love you, I love you. It was like that. Yeah, it was, totally. Hey, we got to sing a song about uh, scoring at the bowling alley. And so they're just... (laughs) So I I really feel like that was was the worst part of this movie, was the music. Because even the the first Grease, the story is, is kind of just as simple as this one. Totally. And kind of ridiculous, right? But... The first movie has songs that are super catchy. Um, everybody, you know, they get stuck in your head and you sing along yeah. or whatever. And this one, it was hard to even kind of pick up the melody on some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one song that uh, we mentioned kind of felt like it was from the first movie. It's called The um, the Women, Women of, for All Seasons. Women for All Seasons. It yeah. felt like it was from the first movie. Mm-hmm. And like... Not only was it the, like the song, but it was like the production value of that song. Suddenly they're singing clearly. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're all singing in a, a tunnel, and uh, the music is clear. It's like oh, this was produced differently and separately from everything else. Well, and lyrically, it wasn't just like I'm telling you a story, right? Yeah, and I'm putting it to music, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did it? I mean. My, if memory serves from the first Grease, there was a lot more of, I will say, starring voices in a lot of the songs, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like... Somebody's singing. There's a conversation that's happening, yep. right? Where it's like, I'm telling you something, you know, like mm-hmm. the Grease Lightning song, yep. right? Like John Travolta is basically talking about, you know, what what's going on, right? Yep. This one felt a lot more like just a massive choir of... of so it was hard to pick out star voices or right. standout leads to be like, oh, this is their anthem. Somebody's or song. their song. Right. It's just like, it's 30 people singing. So it just yeah. like, it didn't feel as special, I think, mm-hmm. in my mind. I don't know. Well, if you had those, they were dumb. Yeah. Like the the song about how the women who work at the grocery store oh, yeah, are that easy. Was, it didn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. And it was just, it was just the, the T-Birds. So it's the... It was guy. random. There yeah. was like, well, yeah. where is this coming from? But that yeah. was the only one where it's like featured him so, and then, then the backup vocals from the other three. Yeah. I mean, it, we talked about how Michelle Pfeiffer, she did okay singing, but yeah. I would not say that her voice is a voice that, you know, can, yeah. <laughs> can She's no Mariah Carey, star. is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. She's but no like, Olivia Newton-John. She's no Olivia Newton-John. I was pleasantly And there surprised. was no John Travolta. She right. did do, right. she did do there was extremely n- well, though, with that Absolutely. being said. Olivia no. Newton-John's got yeah. a great voice. Yeah, yeah. So um, but, I, I would say, Michelle, you got nothing to be ashamed of, <laughs> personally. But well, then, I think Michael Caulfield's song, at first, he's not singing it. Right, and then he and starts singing it like the the my <laughs> my confusing. charades or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. right. And it was British my Sharona, <laughs> my, <laughs> my bangers and mash, <laughs> <laughs> game of charades. So he, uh, 
it was it was fine, but you were like, is he singing this or is this just like yeah. Is this just like kind of a Justin to Kelly song where like no one's actually singing it but everyone's dancing? That right. was a, a thing. The very first uh, opening number, what's happening is there's someone singing. Like there's a lead singer, but it's not somebody on screen. It's right. like, and the whole school is dancing for the first day of school. When the, As you when, do. When the chorus comes in, you know, the kids at school who are dancing start singing the chorus, but the whole, uh, all of the verses some guy random guy is singing it and it's it's very different than the first movie where every single song was somebody singing right right it felt like the opening scene of like and, the lion king where it's like <laughs> somebody off screen off is screen singing, is singing about it. stuff exactly right and then everybody starts to get sing their own Joint, songs yeah yeah and michael's song was very similar to that it's like he's singing it but he's not actually singing it until like two-thirds of the way through the song, then he actually starts singing, or we see him singing with it. It's like he's singing his head or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of clever, because when he he sits down in the cafeteria with, I'm assuming the teachers, although they yeah. may, may, somebody may have been cast as a student, and <laughs> and then it starts showing all these other scenes and someone singing, and then, then it goes to him, and he's sitting there alone at the cafeteria, and then the camera pans out, and he starts singing. Right. So I'm like, it was kind of clever, but at the same time, I was like, who is singing the song? Yeah. Is this just from the soundtrack? Is this a character singing? What What's going on? But So the the tone was weird, too, and like the lyrics <laughs> felt very juvenile, mm-hmm. right? Like We mentioned this. like I kind of like really liked the innuendo of the right. first one, uh, where you... If you didn't know any better, you'd be like, well, of course they're singing about a race car. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, this one literally was just, like, <laughs> you know, like reproduction. It's yeah. so the nose. Like, I want to get your thoughts. If they had made a third one, like, I want to know at least <laughs> how graphic. the title of one song and, like, one line of lyrics. I feel like the, third one, I feel like the third one would be an adult feature. <laughs> right, that's, yeah. That's the next, that's the next progression. Uh <laughs> This is where babies are made. <laughs> or it's going to be, Doctor, can I have some penicillin? Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I need an epidural. And... Oh, it was weird. It so... just, they, it, it, honestly, it felt like they were just trying way too hard. and just yeah. didn't understand innuendo and, you know, so subterfuge. I was embarrassingly old when I figured out what the story of Greece was about. Okay. Like, I was <laughs> late, cars, right? late teens. Yeah, it was about, about car cars. racing, about yeah. beauty school. Yep. Um, Trying about... to get through high school. Mm-hmm. Right. And foreign relations. Yes, and, and foreign <laughs> relations that have to do with, like, leather outfits. Yes. So I was, like, embarrassingly old when I figured out what that was about. Yeah. And and I f- feel like, well, that's a combination of me not being very smart and it, it being somewhat subtle. Right. Like, yeah. Grease Lightning is, all, is about a car, but it's about something else. Totally. Yeah. And so... This blows the doors off of right. I couldn't let my my kids list watch the show. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, is that where babies come from? <laughs> right. Yeah. Never look at flowers the same way. Again. That's right. <laughs> the only things I would wanted to cover that we haven't kind of touched on yet are some of the casting stories. Uh, if that's okay. Can you sure. give us like the page reference in this novel? Yeah, so it's the second page. It says casting stories. It's, middle. In, it's in act three. I've got some notes. 
So Bracken um, got a hold of the script. Sixty four. Bracken had Michael do his. There's a lot of information <laughs> online about this movie. So Connie Stevens was originally supposed to be. Uh, her part was supposed to be played by Annette Fonicello, but she was doing peanut butter commercials oh. and could not. Yes, uh, I remember. Okay. Like yeah, who, she was who doing Skippy uh, peanut butter. Oh, was it Skippy? And she, they would not allow her time to film uh, her scenes. So. I know, but, but, but wait, what's the character? She was doing commercials, and they wouldn't let her oh, be in a casting. film because yeah. she had a contract. I, with I, commercials. I know, but it's, like, I don't know who Connie it's Stevens the, is. What if she was holding a Connie jar Stevens of is the teacher, peanut butter mafia. <laughs> oh, the, the sexualized teacher. Yeah, yeah. She was a she was a heartthrob from the sixties. I, I don't know a lot of these older actors. I love Annette. So. It's okay. I wasn't there. You know, in the '60s, but I'll be the voice I saw of the her in reruns. <laughs> there were um, two twins in the movie, and they were both hired at different auditions. And it wasn't until they arrived on the set that the director realized that they had hired identical twins, and so the sorority girls' roles were created for them. Wait, here's a question for you though: <laughs> Do you think when they're casting up, they're like, "Did we already hire you?" And she's like, "Yeah, yes." That's, that's, that's what I would have thought. I would have been like. Didn't they? That's, that would be oh, my first thought. Yeah, I thought like, this was a callback. My mistake. <laughs> yeah. I'll just take that slip. <laughs> Adrian Samed uh, had previously played the role of Danny Zuko in the in the stage version of Grease. Okay. And so he would re- later reply, reprise that in the, in the 1990s. Uh, Tom Cruise auditioned for the role of Johnny Nogarelli, but director Patricia Birch wanted someone older and taller. Uh-huh. They already had the short guy. Mm-hmm. That would have been like weird some... because, like, Maverick, we wouldn't have had Goose because they already, they had, already a had a Goose, goose too. Yeah. Uh, Andy Gibb was initially to play the male lead, but he failed his screen test, and Cher initially signed on to play Paulette uh, Rebchuk, but backed out, complaining of a low salary and not having a finished script. And high <laughs> self-esteem. And Jennifer Beals signed on to play Sharon Cooper, but dropped out to play the lead character in Flashdance. Wow. Uh, even Debbie Harry was initially asked to play Stephanie Zanone, um, but she declined, saying she was too old to play a high school student. Wait, who was that? Debbie Harry uh, from Blondie. Steph- oh, okay. Singer, so. hey, oh, yeah, yeah. Can we can we talk about the age of the the rival bicycle gang, the motorcycle <laughs> gang? Dude, yeah. That dude looked like they were like midlife crisis. Yeah. Gang. Right. I don't have that many freak like like <laughs> wrinkles yeah. on my forehead when I get angry. Right. Like <laughs> I feel like he was. Whatever his name is from uh, Karate Kid, mm. uh, the bad guy from uh, the next Karate Kid who blows up the car or whatever. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. Every time I saw him, that's who I thought of. I can't remember his name. Oh, Michael Ironsides. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. He's so old. Yeah. Right, like. So, I I, the, is it, the twins, is their last name Seagal? <sighs> yes. Are they related to Steven? I, do, I think Their it's Sagal, not Seagal. S a g a l versus S e g a l. Oh, oh, it's not Steven. It's Stefan. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's spelled differently. But. Yeah. And I wanted to just circle back to Michelle Pfeiffer. I, I, I don't know. I can't stop talking about her. <laughs> so I'll just <laughs> bring her up. We all love her. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Danny, you have a couch. You can she sleep on? at this point she was twenty three. <laughs> She'd only had a few television roles and a small film appearance, uh, and she was relatively unknown. But she. Uh, attended the casting call audition for the uh, role of Stephanie. And she said, this is what she said. Um, uh, she, well, they, it was reported that other actresses were considered for the part were like Lisa Hartman, Christy McNichol, 
Andrea McCarty and singer even singer Pat Benatar mm. at the point. I mean, there's a lot of big names floating around for for uh, Grease too. Yeah. But the but the director, um, you know, Pfeiffer was a wild card choice because according to the director, she won the part because she had a quirky quality you just didn't expect. So Pfeiffer later would say that this was really weird casting for her. She'd taken singing lessons and had taken dance, but she because she, she took dance lessons because she loved dance, but uh, she had never really considered herself a professional. Right. And so when she went to go audition and went and sing, you know, she one audition led to another, and, and pretty pretty soon she found that she had the part, and it was just kind of out of the blue or kind of bizarre to her that I, she would get it. I feel like this is one of those things where like you go into a job interview and they're like, do you have the skill? And you're like, I don't know. Did I put it on my resume? They're like, yeah. You're then you're like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you just like, yep. and they're you like, just keep hired. saying yes. Can you do this? Yes. Of course. <laughs> can you do this other thing? Yes. Can you do that? Yes. Have you ever done stunts on a motorcycle going 60 miles an yes. hour? Yes. Twice. I for that. <laughs> do that <Yeah>. every day. <laughs> So, and then just a circle back to Maxwell Caulfield. He, at the time, he had been quoted as saying, before Grease 2 came out, I was being hailed as the next Richard Gere or John Travolta. However, when Grease 2 flopped, nobody would touch me. It felt like a bucket of cold water had been thrown in my face. It took me 10 years to get over Grease 2. So, so wow. oh, go ahead. Oh, no, so, I was going to ask, like, I don't know why it would have impacted so like I agree. All of his screen time seemed fine. I think he's wrong. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know why he had to have done something. He didn't after do a, the movie a bad or to the job. side. Right? Yeah. There's maybe nothing it was about hard to this. work with, and people just didn't want to work with him. Right? right. And that's why. I mean, not... if, if Pfeiffer's correct that yeah. he was just kind of into maybe difficult to work with or something like yeah. that, right? Like a little prima donna, whatever. But yeah, I could see that. But there was nothing about. That I saw it in his yeah, acting or screen time, no one that could. was like, "Oh, he's garbage. That's he's right. pretty, but he's garbage." Well, no I mean, one he'd, could he'd point go on at him to do Dynasty. Uh, that was in mid '80s, mm-hmm. late '80s, maybe. Um, and then you know, Empire Records in '93. In so, I mean, those were. Um, I think he needs to talk with his agent. Yeah, I, I'm not yep. sure what happened, but um, maybe he it's just wasn't late. getting offered the right parts. Um, Maybe he couldn't do an American accent, so... <laughs> I think ultimately what happened is they're like, look, you can't keep bringing Frenchie to all of your auditions. Like, you need to be able to stand on your own. <laughs> and he's like, wait, you can see her? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one other person I want to mention was Christopher McDonald. Uh, you know, you y'all recognized him from... Uh, I, I like oh goose yeah yeah goose who um he's been in tons of stuff oh, but, shooter, shooter McGavin, McGavin. But, yeah yeah from what's what's the name of the movie Happy Gilmore Happy Gilmore ninety six yeah. yeah he's kind of the villain in that movie um did a great job mm-hmm. I mean but he's been in tons and tons of stuff yeah. over the years uh, great career and this was one of his first roles as well what do you think of him I I thought he was fine. I, I honestly so too. I did not like the T Birds. They yeah, seemed, I didn't like. They were all dumb, just dumb and annoying. Yeah. And not even like a ha ha. They're dumb purposefully. Yeah. It was just like I was super annoyed anytime they were talking or on scene. Yeah. And it, not even like the culture. Like wow, these guys are real a holes to yeah. like most people and especially women. It was just 
I didn't find them redeeming or fun or exciting or anything about them that was like, I want to hang around those guys. Right. And I never felt like, I mean, so there's supposedly this whole like conflict between Michael and the T-Birds because Michael, you know, wants to get together with Stephanie, but he can't. Right. But I never even felt like that was a thing that the T-Birds were like, it wasn't a thing for them. It's like they didn't mm-hmm. even know that, oh, he likes this girl and we're not going to let him like her because, mm-hmm. I mean, there were a couple of run-ins, but it was like, it didn't feel like a part of the plot. Yeah, it didn't feel like the animosity was like, yeah. warranted. The, the yeah. only time one of the T-Birds, like, catches him, like, mooning over her yeah. is, it's not Goose, it's the other guy. Right. Uh, and he comes up and he says a couple things, but then he started talking in code because he's like, I want you to write my essay. Yeah, they all liked him. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Independently. Independently, yeah. they all liked him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was... It was like a conflict that didn't really have a reason. Yeah. And yeah. It, he. I, it was funny because I made the comment during the movie that, you know, he's like kind of pining to be the popular guy so that he can get the popular girl. Right. But meanwhile, on his journey to get there, it's like, I was the popular guy all, all along. along. <laughs> <laughs> friendship was the journey, not the destination. <laughs> the power of friendship. Yes. <laughs> So, any final thoughts before we cast judgment? Anything that you wanted to mention about the movie? Hmm. Are we kind of ready? I mean, this is kind of a, a non-point, but why do you think they went to motorcycles instead of cars? I think they would have just, like, if it was me, I would have just stuck car. with cars. It, right? it certainly wasn't budget, because no. they had more budget than the previous well, movie. And they right? had a ton of... And they had a bunch of old Those cars, era all cars laying around. I don't know. That is a good question. I don't know. So, maybe it was because of the stunts, or maybe you know what I think. I, I literally think because if you think about the the framework of this, instead of the foreign girl coming to Rydell High mm-hmm. and falling for the popular guy, it's now the foreign guy falling for the popular girl. Mm-hmm. Right? They just switched to those things. Right. I think somebody just said, "Let's switch." to car or to motorcycles like they're like it's just like grease one but it's motorcycles instead and sandy's now a guy and danny's now a girl and everyone's like yeah that's great i i would have formula made him rich and make him like roll up in a ferrari or something and then like race american muscle against (laughs) european there you go whatever right and then you know but then it's like here's a bad fast and the furious here's a bad pun for you It's like maybe they didn't there think a that good one? that grease lightning would strike twice. Oh and so gosh! They, <laughs> so they switched. Good job. That was good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because there wasn't, there was really no reason for the motorcycles all through the whole. Like there wasn't any innuendo with the motorcycles, or even not an innuendo yeah. with the motorcycles. Right. I mean, it was. There's. I, I think there's something inherently romantic about those old cars, right? Yeah. The muscle cars, right? You know, you take the top down. Yep. You just can sit under the stars, whatever, right? You can take your whole crew with you. Well, and Kaneki, like, he loved that car. Yeah. Like, he's spending all his time. Yeah. Like, that. he loved that car as much as he loved, was his name, Rizzo? Yep. Or maybe even more. <laughs> and so... But you don't get that with the motorcycle. Like it's a means to an end for him. Yeah. Well, and even I feel like the motorcycles were even everybody's riding motorcycles, but it, it was just like like a pair of shoes. Like they mm-hmm. just it, there was no point to them except for Michael's, 
Right. There was kind of that whole building right. it montage. He wanted to make the motorcycle so that he get to know Bella to, better. Yeah. yeah. And... Bella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, sorry. I don't know. It just. I mean, it, it kind of seems like a dumb choice, right? Yeah. In the same way, like speed, cruise control, right? Right. Like, why would you go to something that is vastly inferior <laughs> right. for the upgrade? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I think, honestly, if they just picked cars, they could have still done something interesting with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only other thing I'd add about this movie, and on a different note, is that, the, you know, the original is kind of got um, the story is ultimately saying the girl needs to change in order for the guy for the guy Mm -hmm. to change who she is so that he, that she can fit the guy. And in this movie, Michelle Pfeiffer's character is much more independent, Mm -hmm. knows what she wants, uh, isn't going to be owned by a guy. It's much more progressive that way. Yeah. She says that. Yeah. In the film. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, even though her character at sometimes feels light on development, to be nice uh it definitely has a different tone to how women are in this world right. than the original so i mean even what was her name paulette the miss winter whatever. yeah 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 i mean even she kind of ultimately stands up grows a backbone a little bit and stands up for herself yeah and she like, says i choose you don't get to yeah. treat me like that anymore you know what i mean yeah. right so yeah. i don't know it was weird though because he was the only one that treated her like the girl he was interested in with respect. With respect. Yeah. yeah. So the what's the what's the head T Bone's name? Uh, Adrian Zamed's character was uh, Nagarelli. 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 Yeah. yeah. So Nagarelli, he used to date Stephanie. Yeah. She broke up with that's she establishes that right at the beginning because they're like, are you still dating? She's like, no, I broke up with them. For almost the whole movie, he refuses to accept that. Mm-hmm. And then the the blonde woman is trying to, she's clearly interested in him right um yeah. she throws herself at him constantly well and she's yeah. always on the back of his motorcycle yeah. like yeah. Um, like it it's is like a they thing. are together yeah. right and then the other guy not goose but the other guy yeah not the short guy he didn't Ice have man. he didn't have a girl davy yeah, yeah. sundown davy. oh davy um he he tries to trick his girlfriend into oh right <laughs> in, like in the in the fallout shelter there's a nucleoid war Nuc- happening. Yeah, nucleoid so. <laughs> war, and the country wants them to do it. I mean, that's pretty much the lyrics of that song. Yes. Um, do it for America. So they're all just kind of, except for Michael, they're all just kind of despicable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they still kind of all end up with those girls at the end. Like right. It's yeah. a happy ending, and that that was irksome to me. I mean, they were bound by contract and very strict. So the, the, <laughs> non-compete So, laws. I mean... <laughs> There is that clause in the Constitution about T-Birds. And it pink, is. And That's pink right. Ladies. So it's, I, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. But just morally, it was it's the hard. the 37th Amendment. It's a little it's known like, one. It's like some things the are... The Nagarelli clause. Some things, might be, <laughs> some things might be legally correct, but maybe not morally correct. Correct. So. Yes. Wonderful. The Nagarelli paradox. <laughs> <laughs> it is a conundrum. Well, uh, why don't we go around and cast judgment? Uh, who would like to go first? Whether I'll, or not this movie's I'll go first. bad or exceptionally bad. Sure. Um, I'm going to say that this movie is bad. It's really hard to find anything redeeming in it. And it's a little disappointing because the first movie is great. Um, well, I guess Michelle Fiverr's 
redeeming <laughs> thing, but she's not enough to make it worth. I mean, it's just not that fun to watch. It's it's not fun, and so uh, I say bad. Okay. Um, okay, I'll go. Um, so I didn't think that I would watch a musical that I w- would make me want to go and watch from Justin to Kelly again. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say like a hundred wow. times out of ten, I would. I'm going to go to that party where you're going to be playing in the background. In the background, yeah. yeah it uh, from Justin to Kelly was a lot more fun to watch yeah. and and to make fun of. This movie, to me, failed on every level and not in a good way. Yeah. Like, I didn't like the... Uh, man, Brant mentioned before, you can't listen to the soundtrack with your kids. No. I wouldn't show this movie to my kids. Uh, the soundtrack was forgettable. I mean, we remember because it, it was blatantly sexual, but it yeah. was like, I couldn't sing you any of the songs. Um, yeah, I... I Everything about it, I just—I mean, it's not Halloween three, but it's—it was bad. Okay. Would 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 the movie have been better had the finale circled around a hoverboard or hover <laughs> craft <laughs> dodgeball dodgeball, right. basketball fight at the end? So, actually, it almost did. Uh, <laughs> there was that luau. Actually, that's true. I would say <laughs> I would say that luau scene was very reminiscent of the towel dance scene. Um, but uh, yes. actually, th- that that does make me think. Um, so there's the song where there's the fake out that Michael's dead. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm That's thinking weird. maybe he is dead because you remember, like in the <laughs> '60s, or you, when you're listening with your parents. I mean, Bracken might remember the '60s, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we how there was <laughs> straightest face. <laughs> songs like. Leader of the pack, yeah, and all the songs where it's like Johnny got in a car wreck and died, right? Yeah, and so yeah. I thought, oh, this would be actually kind of a clever homage to those songs if he actually did die when his right. motorcycle went over Dead Man's Curve that was not even actually a curve, <laughs> yeah, it was just like the end of a construction site. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have been like, okay, I would have given it props for that, but it was, yeah, so yeah, to answer your question, no, no, even the hovercraft couldn't save this, got it, okay. Um, yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, I mean, generally, I'm not one that goes out of my way to see musicals, but I do enjoy them when I watch them. So I don't, I don't know why I avoid them, but um, <laughs> the, the, there was just like this is why <laughs> I know why you would avoid this one. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, because I end up enjoying the music, mm-hmm. right? Like, I didn't think necessarily I would enjoy Hamilton, and then I heard all the music, and I was like, oh, this is pretty dope, you yeah. know? Or like Moulin Rouge, like mm-hmm. we actually ba- bought the album to that yeah. and would listen to it, you know, after the fact. So the music, I mean, it is a musical and the musical is, the music is terrible. There's, <laughs> it's not fun. It's not catchy. The, it, like we were even saying, like most of the lyrics, like you can't even keep up with it because it doesn't follow any kind of rhyme or rhythm. Right. Or, you know, so for me, that was honestly the biggest thing, you know, the, the story, whatever aside, you know, some annoying characters, but like you failed, you had one job to do and failed miserably at it. So a thing you just said kind of sparked something in my head. Um, are any of you guys fans of the Gilmore Girls? I've seen it. My I wife loves Gilmore Girls. So I know a lot of people love Gilmore Girls, but I, 
the problem I have with it is that everybody talks on top of each other in that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like every conversation is six people talking at the same time to mm-hmm. different e- to each other. Like our first episode. Right. And this, <laughs> like every episode. That's what the songs in this movie yeah. were like. It's like everybody's singing on top of each other, doing their own little thing. Uh, kind of like they're carrying on their own, like they're all singing different songs at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's think, And I, it's so hard to follow. And it's like, I don't even know what to sing. What do I sing right now? Because there are six people talking or whatever. Yeah. I mean, how do you sing along to a choir? Right. You know I mean, like... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, what about you, Bracken? You guys never cease to amaze me. <laughs> so it's been a while since I've seen Grease 2, and I was really wondering, I was kind of excited to get this movie out <laughs> to you guys and see what you guys thought, and um, I remember it being better than it was. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it being like the songs being funnier than they were. Yeah. I guess I don't know what it was. I don't. I, I the love is not in the room tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it was a little long. Yeah. It, it felt long. Yeah. Um, it it could have been a little bit tighter. Um, man, I, I just never know what. I, I suspect you guys are going to think of the movie one way or you're going to really hate it and then you guys end up liking it or vice versa. And I was really thinking you guys were going to like the movie tonight, but <laughs> I have to agree with all of you that it was just, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't exceptionally bad. Would I see it again? Yeah, I probably will watch it again someday with, mm-hmm. with someone that hasn't seen it to experience it with them. But it's not a great, so bad, it's just exceptional. Mm -hmm. It's got such a cult following. There's people that have watched it hundreds of times. Uh, I understand why, if they're really into the quirkiness of reproduction or (laughs) some of the really campy songs. This is a a campy movie. Mm -hmm. It's got a certain tone. It it reaches a certain market. Um, But I don't really feel like... On its own, uh, maybe you could probably appreciate it more. But when you've got such a wonderful, classic, original Grease, mm-hmm. just go watch the original Grease. Yeah. You could even make fun of the original Grease. There's lots to make fun of, of the original. It's, you know, got people that are 35 playing high schoolers. <laughs> right. Uh, and, you know, some of the songs are, eh. But, you know, most of the songs are just great. There's lots to lots to enjoy there. I would just recommend gr- watch uh, Grease and and skip over Grease too. But but if you're a real big Michelle Pfeiffer fan, then you know you gotta you gotta watch it, gotta watch it yeah. at least once. So there's that. Uh, uh, yeah. So I'll have to just go with bad and call it a day. I feel like the quirkiness of reproduction is another good band name. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, I, the, lead, the lead instrument is a theremin, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what that that instrument is. Most people don't. That's but. so funny. I, you know, I have to. When you mentioned wanting to watch uh, from Justin to Kelly again, oh, man, you started to make me think about that. I'm a little scared, Nate, of what you've made me want to possibly watch that movie again. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. I, so on that point, though, I, I think I, what frustrated me so much is because the, the music was so terrible and there was nothing in between. It was just music, mm-hmm. right? If there right. was other stuff between the music, 
something to latch on to. I think it could. Right. And Justin Kelly, there was more going on. There was actually like dialogue and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll call it, I'm using air quotes here, story. (laughs) But there was like more happening between the music where this is just nothing but music and music and music Mm -hmm. and like motorcycle scenes every now and then, but basically just music. Well, there were some scenes where they're, you know, discussing Shakespeare or paying, you know, off to get their, you know, uh, Mm. I mean, there's Michael to give them yeah. their reports, but uh, yeah, the weird thing yeah. where they're like, "Keep this between you and me. I got, got a, a reputation rep- to protect." <laughs> yeah, and what, yeah. it's like, what is your reputation that you're a good student? A good student? <laughs> yeah, right. Been hilarious if they use like absolutely like proper English. They'd be like, "No, listen, Michael." I have a really good reputation yeah. here as a really dumb, you know, <laughs> New Jersey kid, but I'm actually very smart and I appreciate that, you know, if it doesn't get out, <laughs> I'm well educated. Do me a favor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Sorry, I'm trying to find something redeeming here. <sighs> there was so much to, to talk about in this movie that we skipped. I mean, I left some things out, but it just, you know. It's ultimately this. This is what it is. It kind of seems to me that the backstory of the movie is way more interesting than the movie say that. Yeah. You've got three All pages of, of information that is much more interesting than the movie was. Yeah, right. Well, I was just thinking of the producer Alan Carr. So he produced Grease. He produced um, Cloak and Dagger. I like he that. also the notorious 61st Academy Awards. This is the 1989 Academy Awards where Rob Lowe is singing with Snow White at the beginning, and it was just got an abysmal um, intro. <laughs> he produced that. Oh. Um, Mommy Dearest, Cujo, oh. um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, The Birdcage. A I mean, lot he's, of good ones. I'm sorry, that's, I'm sorry, Neil, I'm sorry, I'm getting, Alan, Alan Carr, Carr did the Academy Awards, oh, and then okay. one of the other producers, Neil A. Uh, McClis, he, yeah. he produced a whole bunch of movies like Mommy Dearest, Cujo, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, The Birdcage, Bedazzle, Dr. Doolittle 2, Garfield, The Ring 2, Alvin and Chipmunks, Chipwrecked. I mean, those were a lot of bad sequels right there that we <laughs> want to think about. But uh, anyway, just a lot of backstory, a lot of uh, talented people that sometimes movies just go bad. And this was this was one of them. Do but. you Before we leave, do you, do you think it would have been better... With a different with with an actual director, right? Like mm-hmm. I've never heard a choreographer like become a director. We, you know I mean, like we've had a film like that. Um, I've seen film? some of that, but oh, like it might have been one of our early uh, films. I think from season one, uh, the director was a choreographer. Troll two, troll two. No. <laughs> was I it Justin right. Kelly or uh, He Man? Maybe or something like that. One of them. One of them. I think it was He Man, actually. Huh. Yeah. Just. A I don't know if the direction was bad as as much like as the writing the music. and maybe the music. The, the music the was Louis by Saint Louis. Louis Louis Saint Louis, and he had worked on Greece. And um, did he write the music from the original Greece? I don't know if he did the lyrics. I think he did. I, I think he did some of the work. I don't know if if it was uh, just some part of. Yeah, somewhere there something fell through. The, yeah. the first Grease had great music, and the second Grease had pretty terrible music. Mm-hmm. So something was inconsistent between those I, two. Fun fact, I think the lyrics were ad-libbed. Oh, mm-hmm. that explains it all. <laughs> and I'm singing, and I love my dad. <laughs> all right, I'm done. All right, well, thanks. How do we uh, get uh, news from our listeners? Listener? 
you can email us at the guys at exceptionallybad.com. That's right. Our Instagram is exceptionally bad at exceptionally bad. You can head our website at exceptionallybad.com. And how about Twitter? We're also on Twitter at exceptionallybad.com. Right. Awesome. And Bracken until- lives at 4412 <laughs> Neudestrasse in Heidelberg. <laughs> Deutschland. You, you, you be quiet, producer Danny. Cheese. I'm going to get visitors. Cheese. In Deutschland. All right. Well, until, until next time, thank you for listening. Bye. Goodbye. Where does the pollen go? Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Ugh, that was terrible. Can we fix that in post?